thank you as you give. If you have your Westover app, I invite you to join me. If not, turn to your Bible in the Gospel of Mark chapter number 4. We're in a series entitled Peace and Madness. I didn't say March Madness. I said Peace and Madness. Peace and Madness. We introduced this series last week. We're continuing. We're talking about the madness in our world today. So much, so many things that are just troubling in our society. We, we, have, we have law officers. We call them peace officers. But there's no peace. Yes, we're missing peace. We're, we're needing that. Some of you were married by a justice of the peace. It should have been the Secretary of War. You've had so much trouble in your marriage. Uh, you just never got along. We're lacking peace internationally. You can almost hear the background noise of Armageddon in our world today. There is a lack of peace in our world, and God says he wants to give peace. Let me ask you rhetorically, what is peace to you? Would it be having all the bills paid? Would it be getting along with your in-laws? Would it be not having job conflict? What, what, what would be peace to you? No arguments with your spouse, getting along with your teenager, your, your, your kids. What would peace be to you? Whatever is disturbing your peace is your storm. And many of us, we came to the house of the Lord today and we'd have to say honestly, I'm experiencing the disturbing of my peace. You're looking for, for some way out. You're looking for some solution. You've internalized the conflict. You're saying if, if, if I could get rid of this or I could, I could change this, then my life would be happy. Your, your peace is disturbed right now. And whatever's disturbing your peace is your storm. All of us will face storms at times in which our peace is disturbed. Do you know you can have... You can have self-inflicted storms. You know, we can manufacture our own storm in life. What are you talking about? We can make a decision, a bad decision, and it result in a storm in our life. Yeah, you heard the phrase, buy now and pay later. It's easy to buy now. It's harder to pay later. Amen? Yeah. And you, you said you couldn't live without it, and later on you said, I wish I didn't have it. Did you ever quit a job because you didn't like it and three months later you wish you had your old job back? A self-manufactured storm. Storms come. We're going to look in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And this story in the Gospel of Mark is, is a time in which the disciples, along with Jesus in the boat, they're caught in a storm. Everything was peaceful that morning. And then all of a sudden, that evening, the storm arises and their peace is disturbed. And I believe in this story of Jesus in which he calms the sea, we discover reasons why we do not have peace. The disciples are going to be very telling and, and revealing some of the circumstances and the condition that kept got them in a place where they were terrified. The Bible says even frightened afraid they lost their peace and i want to suggest that there's something common with the disciples of why we don't have peace in our life at times so join me in the gospel of mark chapter number four if you have your westover app the scripture is there 
We're going to begin reading at verse number 35. And it says, In that day when evening came, I want you to notice that, when evening came. He said to the disciples, Let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. I'm going to come back to that. They took Jesus. He was in a boat. He was teaching. And they took him along in the boat just as he was. And there were other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. In a storm, just sleeping on a cushion. The disciples were were fearful and Jesus was sleeping. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up and rebuked the winds and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. I think that was my mother's favorite verse. I heard her say that all my life. Quiet, be still. All growing up, mama quoted this verse. She would just say to say that to us as, as kids. Quiet, be still. I think she, I think my, my teachers in school must have been believers because I heard them quote that verse to me all the time. In fact, the, the teachers in elementary school, they always moved my desk right up by the teacher's desk. Oh, I'd just be sitting back there, but we're not a month into school. And they would want to move their favorite, the teachers would move their favorite students right up here in the front. And my desk was always right in front of the teacher. And throughout the day in elementary school, she'd just quote this verse. I'd hear her say, quiet, be still. And that's exactly what Jesus said. And then it says, and the winds died down and it was completely calm. One version says, a great calm came. Then he said to his disciples, this is Jesus, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Here was a condition in which that morning they had peace. The storm came. Storms come. Storms will come. And then all of a sudden their peace was gone. And I believe there's something in the life of the disciples and the teaching of this that's a commonality that you and I have. The first thing I'd like to share with you, the reason they did not have peace is they underestimated God's promises. They underestimated God's promises. And I believe it's suggested to us in verse number 36 there, right in the story. It says that Jesus, he was teaching, and then all of a sudden after his teaching, the Bible says, in leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, that's Jesus, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Simon Peter, who who dictated this to John Mark and wrote the Gospel of John, gave this one little little detail. Why Why would Peter put this in the text and say they took Jesus along as he was in the boat? Why was that put in there? Peter is telling us something. You have to go to the beginning of the chapter. Chapter 4 opens up with this. It says, And Jesus began to teach the people. He was standing on the shore of the Lake of Galilee, and people began to come and listen to him. More people came, more people came, and more people came. And finally, he couldn't see, and people said, I can't hear, I can't see, I want to I'll see Jesus. So what happened is that Jesus got in a boat, and he went back a little way from the shore, almost as you were creating a semi-circle 
there at the, at the shore of Galilee so people could be all around and kind of on the shore, almost like a natural grade up. And Jesus began to teach them. He was in the boat so he could teach, see people, and his voice could project, as it were, on, a, on, the, on the, the transition of the soil, the shore going up. And then in verse number 3 of Mark chapter 4, it says this. The first word that Jesus says as he began to teach them, he said, listen. Listen. Jesus starts his teaching that day. The first word he tells the disciples is, listen. Then in in Mark chapter 4, he's going to give them four parables. Four parables that are recorded. One verse in chapter 4 says, and many other parables did he teach them. So there were more than four, but there are four recorded by Simon Peter. One of them is the, the fact that faith is like, this, like a mustard seed. A mustard seed is the smallest, tiniest little seed, but it has the potential to grow to become the largest of all plants. Moreover, he began to teach them that there is seed that's put in the soil. The seed is dead, the seed is dry, the seed has no life, but you put it in the soil and you nurture it and you care for it, and all of a sudden something new, something greater comes to birth. Four parables he began to teach them and show them of the potential. They were underestimating God's promise because no sooner did they they go out into the Lake of Galilee, and that's why Simon Peter, I believe, had that phrase there, we took him just as he was in the boat. They started that morning, Jesus taught all day long, and then in the evening, they set away from the shore. They get out in the midst of the, the Lake of Galilee, and in the evening time, the weather's changing, a storm comes up, there's a heavy rain coming down, the waves are coming, they're coming over the boat, and all of a sudden, they turn to Jesus and say, we're going to drown, we're going under. And Simon Peter adds this, that we took him as he was in the boat. In other words, we listened to Jesus teach all day long. We heard his examples about the faith is like a mustard seed, just a little bit of faith, and God will honor it. That everybody's life is like a, like a seed. And you don't judge it by how it is. God always has something he's working and bringing something bigger and greater and a making great moment in life. Never judge your life. Never bring the finality on how things look at the time because God's always doing something bigger and better. No sooner did we get out into the lake, we forgot about it and we were thinking we're going to drown. They underestimated God's promises. How easy it is in life for you and I to underestimate God's promises. You know, it's possible to have spiritual and scriptural tone deafness where you hear it, but you don't hear it. What am I talking about? You, you can quote uh, where it says, in everything, give thanks. You can quote, God's with us always. We can quote that God does great things in our life. We can sing hymns. We can sing worship songs. We have these cliches, God's promises are true. And then all of a sudden, when our storm comes, when our life gets challenging, when there's problems in our life, when they look like they're going to downsize our job and eliminate it, when the company we started is, is, is not succeeding like we hoped. And all of a sudden, it seems like things are not going as we planned, prayed, and hoped. We all of a sudden say, well, I'm not going to make it. 
Things are going under. Things are not going to work out like I, I thought they would. And all of a sudden, we can underestimate God's promises. Have you, have you ever been in church and the pastor's preaching and you say, wow, that's good. I hope, I hope my wife's listening to this. It's just like the pastor read her mail. She needs that. Been in service. You hear something said. You say, that's exactly what my husband needs to hear. You don't want to elbow him because you don't want him to think that you sent an email to the pastor. Pastor, be sure to say this. But you're saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The pastor read his mail. We can sit in a service and we can pick up everything everybody else needs. And not hear what we need. Not pick up on what God is saying to us. We can zone in on what somebody else wants, what somebody else needs, and forget what God is speaking to us. And I found in life, it's easy for us to underestimate our faith. Oh, God won't do it. If if God was going to do it, I guess I don't have enough faith. He would have already done it. If God was going to heal me, God would have already done it. I don't have enough faith, so I guess... I guess I'm not gonna, it's not going to work out. And we underestimate God's promise. It's that, it's, that, it's that single adult. You believe that God spoke to you, that he was going to bring somebody in your life, that God was going to put that right person and you were going to meet them. And, and God put a promise in your heart that you're going to serve God together. God's going to bring a believer in your life. And then all of a sudden you go through this season of second guessing and, and a prospect hasn't come. You haven't met Mr. or Mrs. Right. And then all of a sudden you get discouraged. All of a sudden you just say, I guess God's promise is not working for me. You, you enroll in college. He said, I believe God, believe God told me to go this direction and follow this pathway in my education. But you get two and a half years in college and all of a sudden the studying and the work and the labor and you just say, I'm going to give up. I'm just going to quit school. I'm tired of that. It's not working out. And all of a sudden you think God's not going to come through for you in your career. You, you be- really believe God wants to raise you up to a place of influence but you're in the struggle and maybe somebody hired after you was promoted over you. Something didn't work out just as you planned where you thought you would be at this particular time in your career. It hasn't happened and you get discouraged and we underestimate God's promises. We can get to the point where we just don't believe it's going to work out for us. And that's exactly what the disciples did. They heard Jesus teach all day long. They heard Jesus talk about mustard seed faith, a little bit of faith, and God will honor. Your life is a seed. Don't ever downsize your life. There's making great in your life, and God has great potential. And the disciples are saying amen for all the people on the shore. But when they get into their storm, when their peace is disturbed, they second-guess themselves, and they second-guess God, underestimating God's promises. I will speak to people occasionally and they'll say, and Pastor, I, we're, we're just going to throw the towel in on this marriage. It's, that's not going to work out. I, I, I was going to start this business. We're just going to give up on it and close the business. I was going to finish my degree and I was going to go and I was even thinking about a postgraduate degree, but I'm going to quit. It's not working out. I just, it's, it's just, I'm fed up with it. I'm tired. And I'll say, okay, let's talk about it. And we'll move past the initial conflict and problem and the initial uh, 
issue at hand. And I say, well, come on, let's, let's kind of excavate some of the debris and some of the confusion and the disappointment aside. Let's clear that aside for a moment. Why did you propose to her in the first place? Well, because I just really believe God had brought us together and we were to be a couple. Okay. Why, why, did you, why did you enroll? Why did you get on this career path? Because I was praying about it. And I just kept feeling this. There was a dream in my heart. And I read Scripture, and I just knew at the time this was the career path I was going to do. Why did you start that business? Because I really believe God was going to bless this. And, and we wanted to be an exponential blessing to the community. And we wanted to bless others. And we wanted to bless the kingdom of God. What I found every time nearly is when you begin to clear away some of the issues and the debris, there is a promise somewhere in somebody's heart. A promise, and somehow they have underestimated God's promise in their life. Think God won't do it for them. God can't come through. And they got discouraged and have given up on God's promise. I want to encourage us today. I want to speak into your heart. Don't underestimate God's promise in your heart. If God told you your kids are going to serve the Lord and they're not serving the Lord today, you hold on. Don't downsize that. You believe it. You speak it. If God told you to get your degree, if God told you that he was leading you to be the principal of a school district, can I tell you, you do it. You go all the way. You go. You follow through on that degree. Don't give up. Don't downsize. Don't underestimate God's promise in your life. Number two. The reason they lost their peace is they overestimated their problem. They underestimated God's problem, pr- promise, but they overestimated their problem. Verse number 38, the storm came. Guess what they said? Jesus, we're going to drown. They didn't say, Jesus, wake up, we're getting wet. Jesus, wake up, we're, we're kind of getting saturated right now. Jesus, we're kind of tired. Where do they went to? Storm's coming, we're going to drown We're we're, we're going to drown. We're going to drown. How easy it is to to overestimate the problem. Yeah, it's easy to be that way. You know you have an ache. Oh, I must have cancer. They're probably going to amputate my arm. That shoulder's hurting. Yeah. You hit a rough time. We're going to go bankrupt. Yes. You can overestimate the problem. Some of you have one argument, and you're already Googling a lawyer. You're going to just talk to him. I'm getting out of this thing. You're, you're already getting lawyer phone numbers to call. We take it from the storm, and we think we're going to drown. We're going under, and we throw in the towel. We just give up. I tell you, some of us, we, we just overestimate the enemy. Some of you have more confidence in, in Satan's ability than you do God's ability. Now, sometimes I'll talk to young couples, and we're not going to have children. Why? Do you know what the world is like today? Yeah, and can I tell you? Do you know how strong God is? Do you know how strong God is? God lost no sleep over the devil last night. God's not worried at all about today. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't overestimate the problem. Yes, I'll talk to somebody, why don't you go through, God's put the dream in your heart. Do you realize how much a degree costs? 
And we didn't, my parents didn't save up for college. And we don't have, and we don't have, and we don't have. Doesn't matter. Then if they don't have, then God has. God will help you. If God has put that dream in your heart, don't overestimate the problem that you're confronting. Sometimes we have experiences, and sometimes our experiences talk to us. Do you ever have your fears talk to you? Do you ever go to sleep at night, and you can't because your mind's racing? And your fears and your worries are talking to you? Yeah, yeah. What have you done? Overestimated the problem. Do you ever sit there and say, well, if we do this, then if this happens, then this might happen, then it might go here, and it might go. You're managing 10 years' worth of problems. You're fixing problems that haven't been invented yet. It haven't been invented yet. And you're trying to. Ah, in order for me to take that first step, i got to have everything worked out. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just need to trust God that that step is there, and then he'll give you step number two and step number three in your life. You see, all of us deal with what I'm going to call peace stillers. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back on the platform, and I'm going I'm to invite you. To, to evict the peace stealers from your heart. Evict the peace stealers. The peace stealers, what is it? Doubt is a peace stealer. Doubt. Doubt comes in, and doubt will tell you, oh, you can't do that. And you say, I, yeah, I agree. I doubt I can. I doubt it'll work out. What's the use of making the call? What's the use of going to counseling? What's the use of making that call? What's the use of trying? What's the use of applying? What's the use of... Because doubt has, has come into your life. And doubt is robbing. Doubt is trying to take God's promise from you. Doubt is taking, is taking your peace away. Doubt is a peace stealer. Doubt is a peace stealer. What time of the day was it that Jesus that the disciples and Jesus went out on Galilee. Remember that? Verse number 35. When it was evening. Did you notice that? When it was evening. Here's what I want to speak to our hearts. Don't doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. Don't doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. That morning when they were on the side of the sea and they were in the boat, And Jesus was talking about his promises and how he works with even little faith. And God gives you a promise. Don't doubt in the dark. Don't doubt that evening what God spoke to you that morning. Don't doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. And the storm came. Things were upset. Their peace was disturbed. And they awoke Jesus. And I just believe Jesus wants to awaken in some lives. For some of us, Jesus has been on the back burner God's been on the back burner of your life. And God wants you to let Jesus awaken in your heart. Well, you see, peace, peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Christ. Peace is not the absence of problems. It's not a life without storms. Peace is having Jesus in the storm. It's not living a life without a challenge, a setback. It's having the presence of Christ and His peace in us to overcome the storms of our life. And I'm here to encourage 
you to have peace in the Lord. Have peace in the Lord. Now, I mentioned to you at the beginning, this was dictated to John Mark by a man by the name of Simon Peter, one of the disciples. Simon Peter. Simon Peter was one of those that said we're going to drown. The disciples said, and Simon Peter's in, he said, I was in the crowd saying, we're going to drown. This same disciple later on would write his own epistle in the New Testament, first and second Peter. Do you know what he's going to say to us then? After this experience and after, after he realized that God's promise is still true, he was, he was overestimating his problem, but all of a sudden, faith caught his heart. Here's what Simon Peter's going to say later. Cast all your care upon the Lord because he cares for you. You can turn over your care, your anxiety. You can turn over your insecurity, your hurt, your pain, your reluctance, your hesitancy. You can turn over that storm on the inside. You can turn over to the Lord the consternation, that, that inner biting. That awfulizing, that awfulizing of the conflict, saying, I'm the worst, I'm the best, I'm the worst, and God won't help me. And Jesus comes out and he rebukes the storm. I so appreciate it recorded. He rebuked the storm, not the disciples. I'm here to tell you, God's not mad at you. God's not mad at you. He rebuked the storm. He comforted the disciples. And he brought peace to them. And that's what God can, and that's what God will do to you. Would you stand together with me right now across the auditorium? And our worship team is coming. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. We're just going to, we're going to call this whole auditorium an altar for a few moments. And we're going, to just, we're going to just take a moment in God's presence together. I just want you to get prepared. Put your electronic device down. Don't you just sense presence of the Lord right now. Yes. And if that's you, you've got a storm on the inside, you don't have peace. You're you're just conflict. Self-doubt? Are your fears talking to you? Have you kind of shut down in a moment in your life and you say, I can't do it and it's not working out. I guess I might as well give up. I'm drowning. I'm going under. It's going to be bankrupt. I'm going to fall on my face. Everything's going, to, everything's going to come apart. If your fears are talking to you, if perhaps you prayed for healing and you haven't got all of it, Scott touched you, but you haven't got that whole healing and there's a voice telling you, God's not going to do it for you. You don't have enough faith. If you're in a situation where just things in the home are not working right and you're thinking, what have I done wrong and should I... Should I bail out? Should I get out of this? Don't do that. What you need is peace. If you're, if you're thinking you've got to bail out on this job and you feel like you go from the worst job to the worst job to even the, a, a, an even worse job than that, can I tell you, God gives you peace. And if that's you, then you say, I need God's peace today. I, I'm, I fight anxiety. I fight insomnia. I, I, I find myself talking to myself. I find myself inventing stress. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to come forward and stand right here in this worship moment and just say, I'm going to.
turn it over to the Lord. I'm not carrying that storm with me. I'm not taking my storm home. I'm, I'm going I'm to let Jesus come into the storm of my life and let Jesus quiet the storm. If that's you, you come right now. If that's you in the balcony, you say, I just need God's peace. If that's you, would you just raise your hand, just indicate where you're at. I'm in a place. I need God's, I need God's peace, yes. See you, buddy, all the way in the back, yes. Yes. See your hand. Yes, God cares for you. You came to church today just thinking you're going to stop by on, on a journey through the day to a lunch or going somewhere else, and then you've all of a sudden discovered the Holy Spirit has just spoken to your heart. I'm going to tell you God cares for you. God's not mad at you. He didn't rebuke the disciples. He rebuked the storm. That's good news. There's good news for you. God's not mad at you. God has peace for you. And for all those that are here, I'm going to ask you to do what Simon Peter later advises. Cast your care on the Lord. Don't take it home. God has peace for you. Jesus wants to awaken in your heart and bring peace to your heart, your life. And right now, we're going to worship and we're going to invite the presence of Christ to lift the stresses and the distress of our soul. Worship team, would you come? Lead Westover into the presence of the Lord. Would you join me right now? Let's worship. Let's worship. Balcony, let's worship. Let's Let's ask God for an anointing of peace to come into this house. An anointing of peace to come in the name of Jesus. Oh God.